As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to Ask Christina First, straight talk for entrepreneurs and sole proprietors on what makes small business work. Each podcast, we have a grounded conversation, tips and tricks specifically for you, the small business owner, to make you more peaceful, abundant, and on purpose in running your small business. You're listening to this on the Amazing Men and Women Radio Network, powered by Raven Media International. If you're wanting to listen to this, we'll be streaming on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you're looking for my other radio show, Real Estate Freedom Breakthrough, that's going to be on Roku TV and Amazon Fire TV. If you want to find me, Christina Suter, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Christina Suter, S-U-T-E-R, and also at Ground Level Com, short for consulting. Thank you so much for listening to Ask Christina First. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ask Christina First, straight talk for entrepreneurs and sole proprietors on what makes small business work. You're listening to this program on the amazing Women of Power Radio Network, world-leading positive programming network powered by Raven Media International. Now, I want to make it clear to my listeners, once a month, I do a radio show that focuses specifically on my other passion and love, which is real estate investing. And so this show today is going to be with David Tilney, who is an expert truly an expert and a guru in this field. And he's going to come talk to my little Phoebe meeting, which I'm super excited about, um, and give us some understanding of his particular area of expertise. And I want to read you guys the bio a little bit so that you understand why would I be so excited about David Tilney. So David has owned and operated single-family homes for over 38 years. He understands that real estate is vacant, is not an asset, but it's a liability. Real straightforward, guys, right? He also believes that his tenants are his greatest assets. David views his tenants as his on-site resident managers who are compensated with good long-term housing. Empowering tenants has always allowed David and his wife, Mary, to spend eight months each year in Florida and four months in Colorado Springs without the need for any employees. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I usually use property managers, so I'm very excited to hear David talk today and at the Phoebe meeting about this, which he has promised he's going to touch on. So let me finish his bio. In 1984, David became a tenant and rented a house for 35 years, in which he, which he then subleased for a profit. Thus, the master leasing guys, listen carefully. By the end of 1996, David has leased and subleased over 100 homes. This business model has been so successful 
that one of his daughters and her husband support themselves and their family doing the exact same thing. You know what that means, guys? You can do it too. John D. Rockefeller once said, Own nothing but control everything. David has found master leasing to be a great way to control most of the benefits of real estate without all of the liabilities. David, thank you so much for coming to my show. Oh, so happy to be here. I am so excited that you're here. I, I truly am passionate about your topic. I have been, as you know, an investor for 30 years. Um, I, I don't... Um, I, it's not 38 years. It's only been a couple decades for me. And primarily all of my ownership has been in residential, single-family, or multi-unit. I started in the single-family realm myself. And I am particularly excited about what you have to share. So bottom line, tell us a little bit about what you do and and what you know include any specifics about like master lease is kind of your baby like you came up with that so fill that in a little bit yeah i don't i'm not sure i ever had an original idea i had great mentors and i was able okay. to take information i received from all kinds of different people and reassemble it into a new package but when i started out just to give you a little more background sure like you, I mean, because I think you've indicated that you have your properties fee managed by other people. I attempted I do. to do that, and 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 I found that I I could not get the results I wanted. Uh, the managers I tried to hire, none of them had the attention to detail and follow through. We had any number of problems that that took place, including fires in properties, absconding mm-hmm. with funds, and so I was pushed, pulled, and dragged into the management business. <laughs> And from my standpoint, I think property management is the key to the whole thing long term. I mean, you can flip, you can do all these other things, but if you don't want to work, the income doesn't come in. Or if you can't work, the income doesn't come in. Whereas Mm -hmm. management, long-term ownership, free and clear properties over time, that will produce an income whether you are in the country, out of the country, asleep or whatever it is that you want to do with your free time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I spent quite a bit of time building up uh, a house portfolio initially. And my wife would tell you it was kind of like Sisyphus rolling a a big boulder up the hill that (laughs) nothing kind of happened. And, And there wasn't much income. And our priorities were always towards our properties versus our, our own residence. And, and, but finally, you got to the top, and it was like a plateau, and things kind of started to roll a little easier until you got to the other side and, and started rolling down the hill, and the income just picked up steam. So I really do believe uh, uh, managing houses effectively is really a key, and I think one of the things that several things that we do that are, are uniquely different are number one, uh, we are in it for long term. Our longest tenant was with us for 24 years and 10 months and only left when they went into the hospital. Next longest tenant was with mm-hmm. us for 18 years. My last eviction, my only eviction was in 1981. I received all my rents before the first of the month virtually every month. And I tend to go from a tenant to a tenant with, with no downtime. Uh, hmm. You know, most folks will, will have a tenant move out at the end of the month. 
and then they'll have some make-ready time. And if they're really good, they can make ready in two or three days or whatever. And then they'll have it available for rent. Well, the problem is tenants move out on the last day of the month. Tenants move in on the first day of the month. And if you if you have that kind of a procedure, nine times out of ten, you've at least lost one month's income. And, yes, and I've if noticed. you're turning and if you're turning your tenants once a year, that means you're losing eight point three three percent of your rent. You can't yes. afford to do that. No, you can't. Yeah. Keep talking, David. Keep talking. And, well, and besides that, houses need caretakers. If you don't have someone in the house, in certain parts of the country, people walk off with air conditioner compressors. People steal copper out of the walls, depending on the price of, of metals. Funny things happen to vacant houses. Our properties are in Colorado Springs, and in the winter, you can have a frozen pipe because we can drop 50 degrees in two hours, and that could be a major problem. In the summer, we're high desert. If you don't water it, doesn't grow, you'll lose your whole yard if you don't have someone in there taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we really, I'm, I'm big into systems. Mm-hmm. I'm big into understanding that houses are not my assets. A free and clear house sitting there as uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book um, uh, mm-hmm. stated, uh, assets pay you, liabilities eat you. A, right. uh, a, an empty house eats you. It does not pay you. A the, the whole key to this business is having people pay you. So my tenants are my assets. Years ago, I wrote a letter. I wrote a little article about a friend of mine who owned a local bank. And mm-hmm. my article stated that, you know, his asset really wasn't the bank. It was his employees mm-hmm. who had been there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And every night mm-hmm. his employees went home and his job was to get them motivated to come back to work okay. the next day wow. because it was his employees and the same people that when you called in on the phone, they knew your voice and you could do things over the phone. That's what kept their customer base. And and I mm-hmm. think that's the same thing with tenants. It's the tenants that make the difference. I, I suspect, well, let me ask you, Christina, have you ever had a bad property that really worked out very well. I mean, I've I've had good good properties that have not worked out well. I've had properties that I thought were bad properties, where you find I found for me I found the perfect on-site manager, which for you is I think aligns with your philosophy. And once I found them, it all was quiet, and it was all just just right. Yeah, the, the, my second question was going to be, have you ever had a good property that did not work out well? And I yes. think the answer is the key is yes. the tenant, the yes. occupant. They make all the difference in the world. It is. It is all the difference in the world. You can turn, so that, you could be turning tenants over, and you like you said, it's money down the drain. And it does not serve, and it doesn't serve them, and it doesn't serve you. That's That's not necessarily the purpose of homes and housing. So keep talking. Well, so how do you how do you retain them? Talk to me. Well, the first thing is not retaining them. The first thing is screening for the right people. Okay. And so you've got to have first of all, you've got to comply with all the federal, state, and local fair housing laws. And so mm-hmm. you have to have a policy procedure manual that shows that you consistently handle all folks the same. Now there's a recent Supreme Court ruling on disparate impact that says that although you you want to be consistent in all of your activities, a little different when it comes to criminal activity because there's some 
uh, well, there's a court case that says that since more blacks and Hispanics are, are incarcerated than other groups, then you have to look at them on an individual basis and see if what was their their reason for incarceration and mm-hmm. could they be a good tenant and how long ago, et cetera, et cetera. But with that, separating that for a moment, you you have to start with systems and procedures to comply. Once you have those, then you have to to come up with a way that, number one, tenants will self-weed themselves. And so if I can give you an image, what I really want to do is I want to have people self-weed themselves out as much as possible. I want to put as many applicants into the hopper as I possibly can and have all the chaff fall out to the side and only have the best of the best come out at the bottom. Okay. And, and then I can I can use a uniform criteria to judge those that come out at the bottom so that hopefully I can find someone who's going to be a good steward of the asset. And, and I would guess the things I'm looking for is, is I really don't want folks with a victim mentality or with an entitlement mentality. And I think those are, you know, pretty much standard for landlords. I mean, you want someone who's going to take your house and make it their home and internalize and not just, quote, unquote, camp out in the place. Uh, you want them to enjoy it and improve it. And, and mm-hmm. I will look our applicants in the eye well, I'm going through a lease, and I'll say, you know, what we think we do more than anything else is hire someone to do a job. And the person we're hiring is you. And the job we're looking for is, number one, that you maintain and improve the house of grounds. Number two, we want you to pay the rent on time, but that's given. If you don't want to do that, don't rent from us because we're tough. Number three, we want you to get along with the neighbors. Number four, we want you – and I – I look them right in the eye and I say, we want you to stay at least until you die and hopefully until your kids die. And we'll <laughs> chuckle about that. And they'll, okay. you know, because they won't want to stay quite that long. But, yeah, of course, but yeah. really, that is the objective, to have people stay. You don't want turnover. And lastly, we say, we want you to leave us alone, kind of in that order. And what we pledge to do is treat you with respect and leave you alone based on the skills and abilities you've got and yet I want you to know I put a Bluetooth uh, in my ear in the morning. I take it out at night. Right. And if you have a problem, if you pick up the phone and call, I should answer on the first ring and I don't screen my calls. Mm-hmm. So we give you support when you need it, but we treat you like an adult when you don't. Okay. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. And, and it sounds like you've already put them through a series of steps before they even get to this conversation with you. Well, the like, first thing they see is, uh, you know, we are, are, the core of our application is three pages, but there's several other pages in front of that. And so they'll, they'll look at our application, and many people say, he's too tough for me. And right. from my standpoint, I say, I've just dodged the bullet. Yes. I didn't have to deal with those folks. Yes. They're either lazy or entitled. Whatever that is, they're just, they're not going to not participate with you. And you go, great. I love it. I, which I, is, which our is cultures exactly don't what you want to do. That, right. That's exactly. So we, you know, we, we have all these systems. I don't show properties. I don't inspect properties. It's an automated system because I don't want to have time in the deal. If I've got a lot of time in the deal, then after a while, if someone has a pulse and five minutes, five cents in their pocket, I got to take them because I've lost too much in the process. 
But mm-hmm. if I can have the whole thing automated that they've got time in it, so it's hard for them to back out, and I don't, then, mm-hmm. you know, I can start with a credit report, and, and mm-hmm. if I don't like what I can see, I can say next and go down the list. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's all of that's very important if you're going to be in this business long term. You want to be firm, but you want to be fair. Yeah. We, we collect we collect all of our rents using ACH, meaning I mm-hmm. take the rent out of my tenant's bank account. That means I can okay. collect all my rent in five minutes a month, yeah. and I can set it up ahead of time if if I'm on the other side of the world. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very efficient way to do business. It's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. Excuse my language. I don't mean to be a pain, but I think it's brilliant. I mean, I I you know. Like I said, this is why I'm so excited to do this interview with you. I'm so, I hope my listeners are equally as excited to understand. So I think what you are saying is just so right up my alley. Because I have had people who come to me, literally this woman came to me. She had three units in Texas, single family units. She could not find a property manager that she wasn't either ripping her off or creating a problem for her with her tenants of some kind. And she sold the properties because she was incapable of finding good management for them. She sold them at a loss. So after, I mean, the, it wasn't that the price point had dropped on the property, but she had put so much into the properties that she effectively ended up with a loss. So, well, a couple of things, a couple of things I want to point out on that. Number one, I, I've certainly taken losses on properties. I mean, I'm one of the guys that uh, before property values crashed to the floor, a number of years ago, I lost $50,000 on one house in the Colorado mm-hmm. Springs area, which is very unusual. So all of us make mistakes if, we've, if we're in this long enough. The second thing I'd like to point out is mm-hmm. I moved to Colorado Springs in 1975, and I raised my family here. And so my networks are here. And, and I now, as of January 2002, live in Naples, Florida. And I'm there eight months and, and here four months. I'm in Colorado Springs today. Mm-hmm. I could manage properties in Colorado Springs from Naples much more effectively than I could ever manage properties in Naples from Naples. Why? Because I don't have the network set up in Naples. And mm. and it's a southern environment and it's a resort environment and, and it's manana or people will start a project and won't finish it. In mm-hmm. Colorado Springs, if I need someone out there early in the morning, I've got a rapport with them since I started in 1978 and and they'll do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm one of the guys that will actually tell you that although the grass always looks greener someplace else, you ought to learn how to be in the real estate primar- business primarily in your own market. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there's always a way to do that. And and one of the things that uh, that I think always works. I don't care if your market is San Diego, Naples, Florida. Um, any other well-to-do area is, is master leasing because in a master leasing situation, you lease a property and then you turn around and sublease it and take a spread. And you're not yeah. going to lease a property for more than you're willing to sublease it for and you don't have to worry about debt service and you don't have to worry about any number of other issues that come up. You start off with positive cash flow. So there's, you know, uh, there's other ways to do it versus leaving your area that supposedly you know and you've got networks of people who can help you when you have a problem. 
So you've walked right into what it is I wanted to talk about next, which is master releasing. Now you're going to talk about on at Phoebe in my meeting uh, in August. You're going to be talking specifically about master leasing, and you're going to make sure you touch on the property management element, right? Do I have yeah, that I mean, between you and me, just so you know where I come from, I think the management is more important because you can't master lease unless you know how to manage effectively. But, yes, they go hand in hand. Management, to me, is the lazy yeah. man's way to, to be in the real estate business. But master leasing, it just tacks right onto that. Um, you know, okay. if you look... You look at the difference between, well, let me think. How can I give you an analogy? A lot of people will, will look at master leasing, and if you have a performance master lease, which is where you agree to pay the owner a percentage of what you receive if and when you receive it, they think it sounds very much like property management, that you just become licensed and become a property manager. Okay. And it's not the same as property management at all. Uh, and there's so many other nuances about it that I don't know if I have time to cover in this call, but I'm certainly willing oh, yeah. to cover. The, the, some of the issues to think about is if you are working as a fee manager for someone, your fiduciary responsibility is to your principal. And your objective, what you're supposed to do is essentially take off your glasses, put on the owner investor's glasses, and do everything for his benefit. And the conflict is that your business plan is to maximize your business income, and yet your fiduciary responsibility is to take care of your principal. Right. So that's why a fee manager, in most states, there are still some exceptions, but in most states come under licensing law. Uh, mm -hmm. Master leasing is different. In the master leasing, you are not uh, an agent for anyone else. You will lease me a property of yours if, it, if and only if it's in your best interest to do so. Mm -hmm. I will lease your property from you only if it's in my best interest to lease it from mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So we are both principals in the transaction. And so uh, there, there, there isn't that problem of, of where my fiduciary responsibility lies. But there's so many other things that come into play. For example, no longer is the owner liable under vicarious liability for any acts that I perform while under an employment agreement with you. The biggest mm -hmm. one being a fair housing complaint. Right. And there have been some very big fair housing complaint decisions where uh, the biggest one I know of was years ago there was an on-site resident manager in the Washington, D.C. area that failed to rent to a family with children. Well, the owner was found guilty to the tune of $1.2 I think. Mm. And now that would be a major excedrin headache. Mm -hmm. Whereas if that owner had leased that project instead of having it managed, leased it to an entrepreneur mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. then had had that problem, that that's wouldn't right. have been the owner's headache at all. That's right. So that's one thing, but there's so many benefits of master leasing over management anyway. One being that it's not one size fits all. It's not what do you charge and you tell them what you charge. It's more what does the owner need? And it's mm -hmm. a tool you take out of your toolbox. 
Do you want me to guarantee the rent as your tenant, whether it's vacant or full? Do you want me to take care of all the expenses up to some kind of a stop loss? Do you want me to do it on a performance basis where you may net more? There's a lot of give and take. Mm. And, and also, since there are no standard and approved documents and there is no title company involved, Mm-hmm. You get to create the documents. Right. And, and I think that the thing that people need to understand is some folks who bought properties at the wrong time, let's say 2008, mm-hmm. found it very hard to get out of title. Is it easier to mm-hmm. get out of a lease or get out of title? I contend right. it's much easier to get out of a lease, especially if you created it yeah. and you have the terms and conditions under which you're allowed to get out. Yeah. I mean, just, just to cover, just to backtrack for a minute, just to cover, a master lease is you lease a property from the person who owns it. You have all the details in that lease just like you described. It's a win-win. They have what they need. You have what you need in the master lease with them. Then you turn around and you lease the property, you rent the property, we'll use a different term, you rent the property to somebody who will then hopefully be there for, like you said, 10 years or longer under your style of management. And then you get to keep the spread. You get to keep the difference between what you're leasing that asset for and what you're renting that asset out for. Right? That's the basic concept of a master lease. Just for people, yeah, that, my listeners. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, a lot of people don't understand the value of, match, of of leases, though. They think that a lease only can generate income. A lease can do a lot more than that. Okay. If you lease a property for 30 years or more, the IRS says you own it. So yeah. you can write that lease off. The problem mm-hmm. is, what's your basis in it? The ones I've done, I have no basis in it. Right. Every dime that I pay is an expense on my on my rent. I mm-hmm. leased a house for 35 years once in a fixed rent. Ten years mm-hmm. later, I was given half the appreciation on the property to remove my lease from the property. So you can get appreciation, yeah. you can get cash yeah. flow, you can get any number of different benefits that real estate will give you. Uh, it's just a very different way of looking at it, and there's no competition. Wow. Okay. You are doing, I, I hate to cut this short, but coming to the end of our time, you are talking at my Phoebe meeting in August, but you are also doing a three-day course in, because it's going to take three days to cover this. I mean, we, we've only been talking here for about 20 minutes, but clearly we've only, I mean, just barely brushed on, not even scratched the surface, but brushed on master leasing. Typically, I do one class a year and I rotate different coasts. Different coasts. Uh, Every once in a while, someone will bring me in and have me put on the course because their real estate group will will bring me in. And so I'll do a second one. I did one in May in Denver, for example, this year. Oh, yeah. But but only once a year. I'm at a different stage of life. I have eight grandchildren. I have three wonderful daughters and their families. And, and, you know, when you start out, you want to give up your time for money. And as Mm -hmm. you get a little older, you want to give up your money for time. time. So, yeah. but, but I but I love teaching, and uh, I think it's an important topic. I will tell you that the most amount of time of those three days, I spend two days on management and only one yeah. day on master leasing. Well, I can I so can that, imagine that you would. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I've run into so many different sub management issues of my own. I've I've got my own system called managing the managers 
which again is about conserving my time. But I still get the feeling, I will confess, here on this radio show, recorded live, I will confess that I think your system probably takes even less time than my system for the same number of units. Like I, I, yeah, I, well, I, I don't I'm work impressed. very hard at management, I will <laughs> tell you. I mean, I'm 100% full. I had all of my July yeah. rent for the 1st of July. And uh, at most, I get maybe one late rent a year. Mm. You know, David, I, I, I hate to cut it short, but the best I can do is say thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to talk at Phoebe. I am so looking forward to it. And I'm thinking about sending my husband to your September meeting if I can figure out how to get him to Vegas, which isn't that hard. We can get to Vegas from Los <laughs> Angeles. That's not that hard. It's more of getting him. He's, he's older than I am, and he is retired, and he likes being retired. So getting you can appreciate what it would take to get him to invest three days away from his home. He's like, this has got to be good. I'm like, it's going to be good, honey. Trust me. It's David Tilney. It's going to be good. Well, you can tell him I, can, I feel for him because I understand. <laughs> exactly. All right. You've been listening to Ask Christina First on the Amazing Woman of Power Radio Network. Check the online schedule for your local broadcast times. If you're Pacific Standard Time, that is 8 a.m. on Thursday mornings on AWOP Talk 24-7. If you want to know more about the show or you'd like to submit a question or topic for discussion, please call our hotline at 626-844-8842. That is 626-844-8842. If you want to be an expert that is being interviewed on this show, you call that same phone number, 626-844-8842. And David, you are sweet. Thank you so much for listening to Ask Christina First. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.